This episode of the Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Sales Leadership United is the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets. Sales leadership frameworks, mindset tools, skill set tools, performance coaching, sales leadership training tools, video insights with some of the world's most successful sales leaders, tools used by sales leaders to create massive impact in the current environment. So don't waste your time trying to reinvent sales leadership. Head to Sales Leadership United on Patreon and check out what the world's most complete collection of sales leadership assets can do for you. Every topic you'll ever need and the tools to help you accelerate your sales leadership career all in one place. Check out Sales Leadership United today. Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. We help sales leaders make how they lead their most defensible competitive advantage. It doesn't matter if you're a new manager, a first-time VP of sales, or a seasoned sales leadership executive. Tap into the power of coaching with people who have been there, done that. If you've ever wondered how other people with jobs similar to yours are addressing challenges you're facing now, reach out to the Jepson Performance Group and learn why sales leaders all around the world choose us as their performance partner. Now, get ready for some serious insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. The show continues to grow so fast, and I love your DMs. Please keep them coming, as I love to hear how our conversations are helping in your career. And today's guest, it's going to do more of that for you. Today's guest is another one that you will be thinking about for the rest of the day after listening to her insights. I'm so excited to introduce Sherry Lewick to the show. Sherry's a leader who's done it all. She's been the high-performing salesperson in a number of environments, and she's led high-performing teams in a number of industries, both in enterprise sales, channel sales, and even SMB sales. She's helped teams and leaders reinvent themselves along the way and bring a modern approach to both leading and performing. Now, Sherry's approach to leadership is fueled in connecting with people. And in a time where the numbers seem to be more important than ever, and it seems like there's a revitalization of the spreadsheet leader who's just hiding behind those metrics. Sherry's success comes in building stronger, more meaningful, and more authentic relationships. And as she's learned to connect to the whole person and not just the salesperson, the performance and success has followed in record-setting fashion. I am pumped to have her join me, and I can't wait to dig into the conversation we're going to have today. Sherry, welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Rob. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I'm grateful that you would give us an hour of your time. There's a lot of leaders around the world that are going to be better off for getting introduced to you today. So thank you in advance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why don't you start by introducing yourself uh, to 50,000 listeners around the world and what you're doing, uh, what you're doing in the world and what led you to sales leadership? Yeah. So after your introduction, I, I feel um, so humble. I don't, I don't think there's much more I can add, but I'm one of those um, rare people that actually always wanted to go into sales. Um, wow. Yeah. I'm in that I, one. <laughs> 
So I shouldn't say always wanted, first I wanted to be a neurosurgeon and then I realized math was involved. And so that was out. And then I thought I'd be an artist or a horseback rider. And um, those both went away quickly as hobbies, not as professions. And um, and then I was going to be an FBI profiler because I realized wow. that, yeah, I realized that human psychology really, um, behavioral psychology really interested me. And before I graduated college, I knew I was going to be a professional salesperson. So uh, I've been doing this a while. And what led me to it really was, I think you said it in your intro, is the connection to humans. And mm. not because I like people. Um, people say all the time, why do you want to be in sales? Oh, I love people. No, you don't. Most people don't love people, but they love the connections they make. And because <laughs> there's a lot of crummy people out there, you know? <laughs> so, so, but we, I love the connections I make and I love um, really being able to help. And really sales is just a service business. Hmm. Love it. I love your energy. I love, I, 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 I'm excited what we're going to go to today because that idea of what took you there and is what's made you great along the way. It's that connection with people, the people you lead, the people you sell to, people you service, those connections you make with people. Uh, too many times we have salespeople that use people as a means to an end. But I, one right. of the things I love about you is you're authentic in the connection to the people. And as a result, amazing things can happen as a result. I, I hope I'm saying that the right way. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's what I try to explain to people when I'm even just, you know, counseling or coaching somebody, whether they be a friend and a colleague or, you know, an employee or, you know, somebody I'm coaching. But that's what, that's really what I believe. I believe that um, when you connect, truly connect, the impossible becomes easy. And, we Hold don't. on. It's not the impossible becomes possible. The impossible becomes easy. Yeah. Right? Like, think about that. Because all of our obstacles are in figments of our own imagination. Okay? And so we are the ones who decide something's impossible. Well, it becomes easy because it's natural. When you truly connect with somebody and, and, and you're not going to connect with everybody. And that's also okay. Let's throw that in there because, you know, especially in sales and um, talking about sales leadership and sales leadership doesn't just mean you have a title. Sales leadership is the way you lead, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so if you're in sales, you should, everybody should be a sales leader because it's the way you lead. And it does become easy, but you also have to realize that you're not going to be everybody's person, right? And and sometimes being that self-aware and we, you know, is knowing that you're not connecting with the prospect or the client or the customer because there's been a change and you're just not the right fit. And actually being able to hand it over to somebody else and say, hey, Rob, you know what? This is a really solid prospect great people they have a need for what we do but I'm not driving we're not we're not vibing together would you right. step in and it's not saying I'm a loser it's it's saying I'm a winner and I really do want to help these people and that's the difference mm. so let's let's dive into it because you've got a couple frameworks you've got some really cool ways of thinking about this and sure. I, I we love uh, one of the th thing the things our listeners love about our show is when we give these leaders some 
things they can sink their teeth into to say we can do that. So I, I think that I love this as a really good intro, Sherry. What a great way of thinking. And people now have been introduced to your energy and your optimism and your outlook. We've been in this game for a minute, you and I. We've been in sales for a minute. Uh, and we've seen a few things change. I like before our show, you said every year is going to be different. Anybody who's frustrated because of change, <laughs> right? Every year is going to be different. It made me laugh when you said that. I'm like, yes, you're right. Um, as things are changing all around us, and they always will, why is it that you gravitate to the relationship with the person as the most important thing, especially at a changing time, a turbulent time, when so many others are like, what have you done for me lately? It's, are we still really connected is the way you look at it. And I love it. It's a different way of looking at it. Can you talk about why the connection with the person might be the most important thing for you to focus on at a time when so much other stuff is changing? Yeah. So that it's really good. There's a, there's, there's two ways to look at it. And I, and I think before we got on the show, you and I were just sort of catching up and we were going down a few different rabbit trails as I so often do. As I <laughs> always do. Yes. So, so, you know, when you're, because what happens is it's really easy when you're in a position of authority or when you want something to pass judgment on somebody else. Ah. Okay. And there's there's a surprise for you in, in what I'm thinking. So what happens is think about that, right? It's easy to lay down judgment on somebody when you are trying to act like an authority. So whether you're acting like an authority towards your people because you're a manager, okay? Or you're acting like an authority because you're trying to get somebody to buy something. So what are we taught? You have to be an authority in the business, right? You have to be authority. Well, so when you're acting like an authority, you're passing judgment. And it's very hard when you come from a place of judgment to build trust. Wow. And so that's why, to answer your question, why I think that the relationship, aka also known as connection, yep. right, to others is so important because truly that's all that matters. It's funny that you say that. I, I want to sit in this one for a minute. Let's let's push pause. And maybe not push pause. Instead of going wide, let's let's go deeper here. Okay. I love that you said what matters is the connection. I'm, I'm if if I wish I could jump on a podium and give you an amen right now. I, I think this is really exciting. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. I think that in the world of trust, you said you can't have trust if you're passing judgment. I think there's three kinds of trust. It's trusting your character. It's trusting your competency. But the third one is the hardest one. It's trusting your connection. I think connection mm. trust is the one that's the hardest to get, easiest to go away. There's one the more. One Okay, what is it? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got to do it. Do it, baby. It's trust in yourself. Yeah, no, I, that's, I'm glad you said that. Um, that's really, really good because you need to have that trust in yourself. Um, but I want to sit in connection trust, though. I want to sit in connection okay. trust for a minute. Right. Because I, I think that we're at a time when, with all the things that I see happening, layoffs and challenges, et cetera, there's some new data that came out just a few months ago that show that people are mistrusting companies and leaders more than they ever have. And it's even now becoming, they, they dislike. It's not just distrust, it's dislike. Sure. So I, I think this idea of connection trust is really, really important. And I'm glad you brought up trust and I'm glad you brought up connection. 
how do you build connection trust as an expert in this, Sherry? How, how do you do that? Because it's yeah. got to be authentic. You can't just like try and manipulate people. No one wants to be manipulated, right? So you're, wait, <laughs> only if you're Plato. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I think that a couple of things have really sort of moved to the front of the stage when it comes to buying behavior and patterns and this lack of trust in companies, sales, sales leaders. And, you know, sales has always gotten a bad rap because people are always trying to force their agenda on their prospects. Okay. And in the world of technology, especially uh, where startups have been falling like leaves in the fall, really, right? I mean, a lot of the a lot of the goal is get the business at any cost. Right. Okay. You can't get the business at any cost. It's going to pay, have a price to pay. And there has to be there has to be a reason and people pick up on that, get it at any cost. And I think we're seeing that in so many ways in in sales today. You know, especially if you are a studier, or I'm making up words, if you're studying sales and sales leadership, and you're really trying to up your game and up your person, yep. Yep. Um, you're going to see this raise to the surface. And there's some words, like you you even said one, and the word authenticity, okay? The okay. word authenticity has become another phony word for let me pretend I'm somebody I'm not it's not authentic I love that right I love that yeah authenticity is is like yes you've got to be your authentic self it reminds me of when COVID hit and everybody was talking about lead with empathy and I thought that became a buzzword that nobody even knew what that meant well so so we're gonna take the two together right now if I can sort of guide this conversation let's go yeah no let's go yeah because because I think they go together when we talk about connection. Okay. okay. So self-awareness is primal. It's, it's, it's necessary. You really cannot connect with other people without intentionally becoming self-aware. And it doesn't mean I look in the mirror and I know that today's a bad hair day. Okay. It, self-awareness means that I have certain biases and certain assumptions because of what I've done, where I've been, who who I've surrounded myself, what has been successful, what's been a failure, okay? And we all have them. Every single one of us has them, okay? And people say to me, oh, you know, yeah, but you're so open-minded. I am completely open-minded. I really always have been. But that's because I've been bullied a ton, okay? Wow. I, I'm part Black, but I look white or Mexican. <laughs> I hear them okay. all, okay? All right. Um, but I've always had this thirst for cur- and curiosity to learn more. Okay. And, and today that's been turned into mindset. So I was born with the growth mindset and it's never turned off. Okay. okay. And, and, and that can happen, but you can also learn these things, but they start with self-awareness. So even my open-mindedness, okay. Even knowing 
what turns me on and what turns me off, which is what most people think self-awareness is, right? Um, Even knowing all those things, I had to go really deep and into some uncomfortable places to become self-aware. So do you want to dive into that? I would love to, like, this sounds like something you got some depth in. Self-awareness is really important for everyone anyway, but as a leader, um, it's hard to reinvent ourselves if we don't have good self-awareness. And let's not let self-awareness be like a big fluffy buzzword that we do yeah. today. Let's let's dive into it. How does a leader create better self-awareness? <laughs> so if we were going to break it down into steps. Okay. Okay. And so we're we're doing this and this is, we're just scratching surface. And most people don't go in much below the surface. But I was just thinking about when I created a course to sort of open people up to self-awareness. And, yeah. and how do you become more self-aware? I love and, this. Yeah. And you really need to take a look at yourself and what your thoughts are about yourself. And you might hear, or you might have heard um, in the past where that people say, you know, you're your own worst enemy. Your thoughts are, well, sure. We all are. Nobody can be harder on me than me. Right. Yep. But for me to understand why that is and where are the roots of that, what I feel is ugly or uncomfortable that I try to avoid, you know, well, let me let me take this down just a quick sharp left. OK, or sharp right for a second. Yeah, let's go. OK, so so, you know, we're all born to survive. OK. Period. That's the only, that's, we are all wired to survive, just like a zebra or a lion in the jungle. Yeah. Okay. We're just born to survive. And so our life shapes what makes us feel like we need to survive. And when the time comes, it's just like a zebra on the plane when they sense a lion in the, in the distance. Okay. What happens to a zebra if he's just grazing on the grass? He's enjoying himself. He sees the giraffes eating out of the trees. And then that zebra senses there's something dangerous over here. Okay. And so what happens? His muscles get really tight and strong because he's going to get ready to run. His jaw gets really tight and strong because he needs to be ready to tear flesh. Okay. And his every hair on his body stands up. Well, we are the same as that zebra. The difference is what we think is danger has nothing to do with our survival. (laughs) So I might think I'm in danger if I don't close the sale or get this meeting or get this employee to to 100% quota. I might think I'm in danger. And so I'm going to act the same way. I'm going to, I'm going to turn into that zebra and I'm going to, my muscles are going to be ready to run for flight. Okay, my jaw's going to get tense and I'm ready to tear flesh. Now, I don't know the last time I needed to tear flesh to survive. There's probably a few listeners who know, but not me. (laughs) But I definitely have been that zebra and I can and I can get. um, Intense is a word people like to use to describe me because I am intense. Okay, but I can get super drilled in and focused and intense and I'm ready to fight and flight and be aggressive and be assertive. And man, I'm going to show you how to do this thing because I can I'm a winner. 
Okay. And I'm going to make everybody around me win at no, at, at the price to pay of misery, right? The beatings will continue until morale improves, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the zebra in motion right there. Okay. And so self-awareness, if I, I'll come back to where I pivoted from. So that's the importance of self-awareness is knowing what is it that's making you feel like you have to survive? Your life is not at risk. You're going to survive. We There's nobody listening to this podcast that is in danger of surviving right now. Probably right. Probably our right. lives are not in danger. That doesn't mean we might lose our house. We might lose our spouse. We might lose our job. So what happens, and stop me if I'm on a rant, because I can go no, on. No, you're great. Hey, I can go on a tear for days. Um, but what happens when you really understand yourself and you really know what are those things, and they're pretty easy to uncover with the right guide, but you start to recognize your own bias and assumptions. And when you can identify your own bias and assumptions, then you can intentionally set them aside. Mm. Okay, so that's number one, because when you can set your biases and assumptions aside, you can approach each interaction with an open mind. And then that gives the individual a fair chance to express their needs, desires, wants. What I like about this first one on self-talk, though, I, I think that it's super important to point that out because you do have more conversations with yourself than with anyone else. And sometimes I don't think we realize what self-talk is. I, I don't think that we even know when we're doing it. Well, and, because it's subconscious. You don't know when yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. It's not like you're sitting there. Well, and I, I talk to myself, I laugh with myself, I argue with myself, right? But it's yep. not like one of those. It's that subconscious thought that's driving your biases and assumptions. Right. Yeah. And your subconscious is designed to do two things. One is protect you, like you said, and the other is to make life as efficient and easy as possible. Because yeah. that's survival. Yeah. It all that's goes right. back to surviving. Yeah. Yeah. Even that efficiency is surviving. So I love identifying biases and assumptions as part of your self-talk and as part of your, that's, that's really, yeah. yeah, that's really good. How hard is that? Is it, is it hard to call something a bias or an assumption? I mean, is there any tips on that? So don't you think it's hard? That's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's super hard. Yeah. And, and that's why it really helps to have a guide to go through it. Okay. Um, but there's lots of books about it right? You don't have to hire somebody to teach you. There's lots of, uh, lots of books and writings about it. But I mean, I have, I have certain biases when I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one that I almost everybody I know can identify with on some level. Okay. okay? Can't wait. I can't if, wait. <laughs> well, you might cringe a little, but, <laughs> but when a Let's man go. gets loud, when a man gets loud, I think they're angry and going to hurt me. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, same thing with a woman, but I'm a survivor of domestic violence. Yep. And I grew up in a house where my dad was often angry and scary. Wow. And so that, I never knew that was a bias or an assumption. That's why I'm using this one. Because usually people hear that and they go, oh, I'm not prejudiced. That's not what it means. <laughs> wow. What a great example. And, and 
like it would seem to me like a good move would be to like jot these down, audit them, make a listing of these things so you can well, you be aware do. of them. Well, yeah, well, okay. Right. And so, so there are, there are some things and journaling is always a good idea. Okay. Okay. So, so if you want to break it down a little bit and you want to recognize what are my biases and assumptions, where do you find conflict? What creates conflict? So I can tell you, I, I'm hyper self-aware, okay? But I still practice self-awareness all the time. I wish I was less self-aware. I really do. I want to be less complicated. <laughs> I, I, I'll probably turn this into one of our videos on Sales Leadership United. I want people to see the smile on your face as you share this with me. Yeah, it's okay. awesome. So, so, but it, but it's so true that, tell me where we were again. I just lost my entire, I just went into the toilet. You were talking about journaling your biases and assumptions. Right. Yeah, right. and how 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 self aware you are. Right. So, yeah. so I oh I was saying look for conflict. That's what I was saying. Thank you. Got it. I was yep. saying look for the conflict in your life. Where do you have conflict? Okay. So I know that I have conflict when I think social in, social injustice is happening, and that can be very simple for me. Okay. If I'm in, and I'm going to take it right back because this is a sales leadership podcast. So I'm going to take that right back into sales or sales leadership is if I think that somebody is being treated unfairly, I have bias. Okay. Okay. And it will cause conflict inside me, which I have a very difficult time controlling outside of me. This is good. Number one's okay. awesome. We so, could have done a whole, we could have done a whole show just on number one. I think you can go so far into it, but let's yeah. go to number two. Let's get to two. This is great, Sherry. Thank you Thank so much. You. Sure. So let's go to number two: active listening and empathy. Okay, those are both things that can be buzzwords, and I know you're not the buzzword buzzword girl, so I can't no, wait I for you to buzzwords. define these. I know I you do. Buzzwords. I know. Okay. So active listening and and empathy and empathy. Okay. okay. And we're going to use those because if we're talking about self-awareness and meeting people where they are, okay, you have to be able to be an active listener and have empathy, but you can't have either of those if you're not self-aware. Because why? Because if you're thinking how to respond, you're not actively listening. So if I have an agenda, if I'm back in that, you know, Bias and assumption mode, because yep. I can't think of the word I want, so I'm just going to use that. Um, if I'm back in that mode, I can't listen. I mean, my husband and I get into that all the time, right? And he's one of the best salespeople I know. So we're, we can have a real good round robin. You guys are a good team then. <laughs> we're the best team. Let's we go. We really are the best team. Let's and, go. And yeah, just, but... But because he comes from the automotive world, okay, okay. He, he often listens to respond. He doesn't listen to hear a word I'm saying. Now, anybody who's married or in a relationship right now has had this conversation <laughs> with their spouse, especially if they're in an argument, right? You're, you're like, oh, really? You're going to do that? Well, okay, I can't wait till I can get my word out because I'm going to remind you, okay? So- so when people talk about active listening, that's all active listening is, is are you listening just to hear what's being said? Or are you listening because you're going to try to manipulate the situation? We're all manipulators. 
Every Love one it. of us is a manipulator. I don't care what your profession is. That's part of survival to get what you want. Right? You learn when you're little. If you throw and drop something, your parents are going to pick it up and put it on the high chair. And they're going to keep picking it up because you're manipulative. <laughs> so you're making me think of something, Sherry. And, and this is oh, really unscripted. That. This is exactly. Uh, this is really like unplugged. Uh, sales Leadership Podcast unplugged. Um, one of my guests like three years ago said that the word manipulate has a negative connotation for the wrong reasons. Like he gave me a definition that was like, it's to skillfully utilize or something like that. Yeah. It was skillfully utilize. Yeah. He's like, so why is manipulation so negative? And and you, when you were talking about this, I was like, yeah, I still think of manipulation as a negative connotation, but you're making me realize it's like, it's to skillfully utilize. Yeah. Yeah, That's it. I never heard skillfully utilize, but I love that. But I think about that. Like, we're talking about bias and assumptions. Why do you think manipulates a bad word? Because that's one of your biases. You're assuming it's tied to getting somebody to do something they don't want to do. When's the last right. time somebody got you to do something you don't want to do? No way. We all, None of us do anything we don't want to do. You're right. Uh, this is just really good. I like the idea of this bias. It's like, people say these, it's like when people say like, you know, oh, they're trying to manipulate me into buying. Really? So you're either going to buy it or you're not. I, I'm not manipulating you into anything. I'm going to help you decide sure. whether you should or should not. For sure. I can't make you do something you don't want to do. Right. I couldn't even make a two-year-old do something he didn't want to do. How am I well, going to make a grown adult do something? And as a leader, I like this a lot because like when I say do it because I told you so, that doesn't work well with my 14 or 15-year-old kid. <laughs> It for sure won't work with a prof- yeah. Yeah, it, will, it for sure won't work with a professional salesperson. Okay, and so now do you see what I'm saying? Now that is right there. That's judgment. Mm. Okay, so that's the other side of this. Is so so if we if we have, I, I'd like to have time because this actually all turns down into is it judgment or assessment? Okay, so we can. Do you want to go there now? Do we need? To, we got, no, we got I want to get. I want to finish. Let me let me hit the points real quick. Okay. Let's go, Sherry. So I love it. This is empathy. awesome. Thank you. Let's okay. go. Sure. Let's do this. Okay. Adopting communication styles comes with states is the third thing in self-aware self-awareness gives you. Okay. The fourth thing is emotional intelligence and emotional intelligence does not just mean that you're a sensitive person. Emotional intelligence means that you're able to pick up subtle emotional cues. Okay. And tailor your response appropriately. That's emotional intelligence. Love it. Great definition. And then, and then the fifth one is continuous learning and growth. Okay. It encourages and seeks feedback to reflect on your own performance, your own ideas so that you can continually improve. Okay. So that those are that's all self-awareness is. If you want to really dive into your self-awareness, those are the five things that 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 you'll know you're being self-aware. That's really great framework. I love it. Okay. I love all five of those. And and uh, that's really what, what I like is there's, there's, a, there's I hope you're not blowing smoke uh, in my face. As this. No, the reason I like it is that's something that a leader can apply to themselves, right? We can apply that. I, I could see you doing a self-awareness audit and that's probably something you ought to do at least annually. Um, um, <laughs> 
Well, let's let's treat it like since we're talking about sales and sales leadership, right? You know, yeah. you should do quarterly like a QBR. <laughs> I love it. No, good. Thank you. It's like the idea of a self-awareness audit. A year like is that way is new too to long. Me. It's new to me. Like I know we got to be self-aware, yeah. but you've just given everybody a, a tool and a process. And and um and yeah, it's really that's really strong. I like it. I like so, it a lot. Well, thank you. And so why why is this important? Why are we talking about this? Because one of the keys, I think it's the only thing you need to be able to do to be successful in sales or sales leadership is to be able to meet people where they are, not where you want them to be. Yes. And most of us meet people where we want them to be. We go in with these, these, these assumptions, okay, that, that are predominantly running through our heads. And if I go back to early sales days and meeting with my sales manager and we would prep before we walked into a meeting, right? And what do we want to get out of this meeting? All right. If you're deciding and focusing on what you have to do to get what you want, you've missed the boat. I don't have anything to add to that. I like no, you it. you can't, but that's. Yeah. But yeah. I, and everybody's sitting here going, oh, crap, I do that every time, right? Because we do do that every time. But we do it to, to make sure we understand what the purpose is for this meeting. We're not, but the problem is most people take it further and then they try to manipulate using their bias and assumptions. I, I see what you're doing there. I see you working. Uh, yeah, like my brain just synapses are connecting today. Good. Right? Um, you'd never know I moved 2000 pounds of rock yesterday. So, <laughs> so when you're in a position of authority over someone, okay, it's easy to lay down judgment on others. Let me say that again. Yeah. That's where you started. I, I like yeah. that. So that that's really that good. Yeah. Because this is what's going to tie it all together. Okay. Okay. So when you're in a position of authority over someone and you brought up, like, if you say to your 14 or 15 year old kids, you know, do it because I said so. Yeah. Right? Or, you know, I'm your mother. I don't have to give you a reason. Well, I don't have right. to, but that's kind of rude to say to somebody. Right. The buyer right. asks you why they should buy this. Because I told you so. How's that going to work? It doesn't. It's, it's bullshit. Okay. Did I just get yep. beat? beat? Nope. Um, so. So, but, but. You're in authority. So so I started that, right? When you're selling, right. you're in a position of authority. Right. When you're managing, you're in a position of authority. 100%. Okay. And so it's easy to go back to those biases and assumptions and cast judgment. Okay. And it's easy for a manager to, to do it because it's their job to evaluate their employee's performance. Okay. And okay. it's easy to try to teach somebody what you would do because you know better. If you're doing that, you're not meeting somebody where they are. So I'm I'm laughing right now because we've taken at least four words that are kind of buzzwords right now from a leadership perspective. Like you started it with Austin. You called me out on authenticity, I which I love. Word. Yeah. That word. And then we we deconstructed empathy. You deconstructed that one, which is also a buzzword. And you deconstructed self-awareness, which is also a buzzword. <laughs> now you're doing it with 
meet them where they are. Because I do, I think it's a super important leadership skill. It's a competency, but I think very few people know what it means. They don't know, and they don't know how to do it. They think they're doing it. Can you talk about like a way when people think they're doing it, but they're mm -hmm. not? I would love yeah. if you could yeah. say, hey, leaders, this is sometimes you think you're doing it and you're doing this. You're not. Can you give us an example of that? Yeah. So um, let's put it under judgment and assessment. Let's okay. I, I think this is going to make it really tangible and really easy. beautiful. Okay? OK, so think about the two, the two, right? When you're meeting somebody where they are, that that implies your assessment. You're assessing where they are, what they're doing, what they're think. Okay, you're 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 in a discovery mode. Let's go. Let's use the sales buzzwords. Okay, assessment is discovery. It's interest. It's curiosity. Right. Okay? Judge, and it's a positive thing. Assessment's very positive. Judgment is very negative. Okay. Okay. When okay. you're judging, you're prescribing. You're assigning. You're assuming, and we know what that spells, and I don't want to be one of those. So, okay, right? So, judgment is, is, is to form an opinion and to decide, right, about something or someone. Or, I keep losing my, my thoughts, um, or to express a bad opinion. That's judgment. Love it. Right? Oh, there's like ants crawling around my desk. It's really weird. I don't, I'm one of those people, though. You see ants in the kitchen, you burn the house down. So, like, this is a this is a crisis for me. Okay, there's ants in my office. This is a major crisis. If you see a story about a five alarm fire from some crazy lunatic that just got off a podcast, it's me. Um, but I digress. So, okay. So I want to so, I want to ask: Is there anything else on meet where they are? Like, I love that example. Well, this is, is like, part of it. Okay. okay. So. Yep. So the judgment piece, you can't meet somebody where they are if you're judging. You think you're better than them, you know more than them, you have formed an opinion, maybe they're they're not listening and you decide that when somebody doesn't listen to you, it means they don't care and that, that you know, so you get you turn into the zebra. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, right. But an assessment is a process. Okay, so it, it's collecting, it's reviewing, it's using data for the purpose of improvement. Like about this assessment, you're right, it is a process. And Okay, so if judgment, I... Go ahead, I apologize. No, go. No, assessment I like because it could be multiple forms of inputs. It's like, here's what I've observed. Here's what, you know, the numbers say. Here's like... I don't know, four or five inputs. But it could even inputs. just be getting to know somebody. Yeah, but again, okay. it's observing and rather than just like the number says this, yes. Yes, but but think about it, okay? So whether I'm, whether I'm having a conversation with a colleague or an employee or I'm having one with the customer or prospect, I need to know where they are. I need to know what's going on in their hearts and minds. I need to know if, they just lifted 2000 pounds and their body hurts so bad that all they're thinking about is how am I going to, you know, is my chest muscles ever going to stop hurting? Who the heck does that? That's a, that's a definition of insanity. You do. That's who. <laughs> um, so, so, but it, but it's true, right? An assessment is objective. Adjustment is assuming. So if you're, if you're, if you're being a, a, objective, 
when then you can meet somebody where they are you can you can give somebody the tools needed to determine the outcome of something so it's based on observation and neutral data to legitimately help someone and it goes back to that what i really believe and why i love sales my job is to be of service to those that give me the privilege to meet with them love it we're down to our last five minutes. I have one thing I've been dying to ask you. Can you believe how fast this went by? Went by fast, isn't it? Okay. Um, I'm really interested in getting your take on something. You, you've talked about connection trust. You've given us a, like a, a, a <laughs> you've given us a master class uh, on on self awareness. Beautiful. Okay. Um, you, you've told me one thing before that I'd like to circle with, but I want to put it in a really probably maybe more narrow than than you might want. So forgive me in advance. Oh, I love narrow. You, you told me that people are sick of being handled. You told me that they're That's sick the of way. being handled. I'd never stopped thinking about that. But I also think that people are feeling more pressure than ever before. And I'm basing that based on the, the feedback I'm getting as I coach a lot of sales leaders all around the world. And how important is it for a leader to help people they lead set boundaries so it's okay for them to be the best versions they can be, which might be a whole nother buzzword, but like setting boundaries to protect, like not just the salesperson, but the whole person. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about why a leader needs to do that and, and, and why that's different than just handling people? So I think it's more important to understand how to do it than why. Okay. Great. Okay. But, 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 but it's true, but let's just talk about the, and I do think that we will run out of time before I can really get a comprehensive thought out when it comes to that. So let me try to answer it this way. People, we're all tired of being handled. Okay. Being told what we should watch, what we should believe, what we should listen to, how we should act, what we should eat, what we should listen to a doctor for, what we should self. We're sick of being handled. And, right. and because it's fake. That's why. Okay? okay. When you're being handled, it's not because somebody cares about you. Okay. And boundaries are not something you need to set when somebody cares about you. If I care about you, Rob, okay. And I genuinely care about you. I'm going to know what, when you don't have the energy to give me your all, when you need some time off, when you're distracted because something's going on with your kids or your wife or your health. Okay, those are the boundaries is to say, hey, you know what, I it goes back to self awareness, but hey, you know what, I can't be present right now. I know we had a one on one schedule, but I can't be present. I know we're going to go in and close this deal, but I can't be present. So I need your help. Mm. And for and for a leader to say, you know what, I got your back. It's okay. Tell me, tell me how I can best support you. Tell me, okay? And how you can best support me. I used an example in, in my last job and I said, show me the path to success. And the guy fired me. Like, really? yeah, like what a lunatic, okay? Because he didn't even, he couldn't understand. Like, what do you mean? I go, I need some training because I'm not seeing the path to success here. This something's broken here. And he says, I hired you not for training. I hired you for your experience. Yeah, but dude, this is your business. Yeah. You're the VP here. 
right? So it was his job to meet me where I was and show me maybe I did have the answers, okay? To, to, to understand my boundaries at this point, my boundaries were my human felt threatened and I was turning into that zebra, right? I was turning into that zebra to survive because I couldn't get the guidance I needed. I couldn't get that leadership. And so I think it's really, really important that we stop handling people and we start leading them. What a great stop handling people and start leading them. That could be our title. We'll see. We're, 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 we're up on it. So I, I want to give you one last kind of final thought here in a second, but how do people get more of you? There's going to be people who want to connect to you. They'll put people that want to maybe <laughs> run some things by you or go deeper on some things or yeah. who knows what, how do people get more Sherry? How do they connect with you? How do they see what you're doing? How, how do they get more of you? I think the easiest way to connect with me is really on LinkedIn. I think any, you know, it's open to anybody, whether they're active on LinkedIn or not. Um, easy to find on LinkedIn, Sherry Lewick. And um, they can also email me and they can find me through Bridges to Bravery. So it's so it's it's pretty simple to, to get in touch with me. I'm all over the place. I've written books. And uh, if you want to find me, you can. Stalk, I, I love being stalked. And so. we'll put links to your yeah. LinkedIn and your That'd books and stuff like that yeah. in, the, in the show notes. We'll put them there. Yeah. So this has been amazing. I, I've enjoyed this even more than I thought I would. I knew we were oh. going to have a good time together. This has been really good. I, I think this is a message that sales leaders need to hear. And I hope that they will take some time and start this auditing and assessment process that you've talked about. You got a final thought, like 60 seconds, like a final thought to 50,000 people I can all do around the world? Seconds. So my final thought is, when people say you matter, they mean it, and you really do matter. So start leading yourself, and then you can be led by others. Okay. Love it. My name is Sherry, Sherry Lewick, and uh, she's helping people stop handle people and start leading them. And it's it starts with throwing out buzzwords and deconstructing them. If all you get from this is a better understanding of those five buzzwords that we talked about today, you'll be better off. But what I really hope is that you'll start to understand how to really create that connection in a way that's real, that starts with that self-assessment and, and throwing out judgment and throwing out bias and throwing out assumptions. I, I, I thought that was brilliant. I, I, I can't I just, I can't wait to hear the messages that come from people. I can't thank you enough for joining us, Sherry. Thank you for giving God, us an hour of your time. This has been a joy. Anytime you want to talk, I'm here. I love it. All right. Thank you. And I'll, as I say to everyone, happy selling. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this episode is brought to you by Sales Leadership United. Since 2019, Sales Leadership United has lived on Patreon and it's grown to be the largest collection of sales leadership assets in the world. Over 470 leadership topics, 270 leadership videos, uh, nearly 50 sales meetings you can use right now, and then hundreds of other files and tools that are at your disposal. I'm talking about tools, frameworks, trainings, techniques, and insights from some of the most successful sales leaders in the world. So stop that sundown scramble so many of us do the night before a meeting uh, and, 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 and we're looking hard for something that people will find interesting. Maybe you need to erase the guesswork in your leadership development by tapping that largest collection of, of tools that, that's just sitting there waiting for you to use. I don't care what your leadership aspirations are. 
Sales Leadership United will help you get there faster. Frameworks, trainings, ready to use meeting materials, video snippets, snippets from this episode with Sherry and other elite sales leaders from all around the world. A private podcast where I share what I'm discussing with my clients right now and much, much more. Listen, people join Sales Leadership United because of the size of the resource library. But with us adding three to five new items every single week, they stay because it helps them stay so relevant. You can find us on Patreon and for less than the cost of lunch, you can use the tools, trainings, and techniques proven to be successful by some of today's most successful leaders. Do yourself a favor and check out Sales Leadership United today. Man, I'm so glad we had Sherry on the show this week. It was perfect timing and 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 I know I needed it. I hope there's many of you who say the same thing. Because I'm finding that there seems to be more people trying to activity manage their teams to success through these challenging times than ever before. Spreadsheet leaders, dashboard jockeys, whatever you want to call them. That type of leadership, activity-based leadership, it's not how you're going to get those on your team to find the next level. Because at some point, the grind's going to let you down. Hard work, work and pushing the more button just isn't going to do it. And sometimes you're going to feel like it's impossible to crack the sales leadership code. And that's why I loved the way Sherry started things off when she said, we have to make the impossible become easy. Notice she didn't say that kind of old buzzword or buzz phrase. We've got to make the impossible possible. Nope. She said, we got to make the impossible easy. And, and I love Sherry. I fell in love with Sherry as we talked. I love her energy. I love her outlook. I love her approach. And I think she's right. Connection with the person is most important. We've got to make sure we double down and are intentional about learning the art of real connection. If being interested in the person, okay, that's what I'm talking about. It's being interested in the person and not just the results they can bring. I found it super interesting that this starts with self-awareness. I hadn't thought about it this way, but I haven't stopped thinking about it since Sherry and I had this conversation because I think she's right. Our biases get in the way, and the more I think about it, the more I think that we have more unintentional biases than we want to admit. But we won't ever really be able to connect until we get those biases straight. So I think we should absolutely follow her model. Root out bias through better self-awareness. Blow up the buzzwords and meet the people on your team where they are, not where we want them to be, because Sherry's dead on. As leaders, we're in positions of authority, and people in positions of authority pass judgment way more than they realize. Listen, I'm confident that there's a massive difference between assessment and judgment. And when you figure that out, I think you're going to find that it leads to a massive breakthrough. Just this morning, I had one of those big breakthroughs with one of my clients. And this was a breakthrough that has been several months in the making. And when he was sharing it with me, we got on and this guy was really excited. He's like, I can't wait to share this with you. And man, I was like proud papa. And I was just giddy about it all day. It, it, it really did. Like it fired me up. It was so excited to see this breakthrough happen. But one of the things he told me was that the, the, one of the biggest reasons it happened and what he thought was only the only reason it happened was because he's finally put his car, his guard down. He, he's one of these people that kind of like myself has walls up 
And when he decided that he 100% could trust me and that we could be vulnerable with each other and we had this really authentic connection, he could, he could put down the walls. And that blew my mind because I made that mistake of thinking, well, since, since he hired me, he must trust me. But trust, connection, that had to be earned. And once we'd had the experiences where it was earned, then ma massive breakthroughs start happening. And you'll see the same thing with yourself and with the people that you lead. When you have that trust, when you have that connection, that's when the massive breakthroughs start to happen. And now that I have that level with this person that I'm working with, I know those breakthroughs are gonna keep happening now because we have a connection that's gonna fuel it. So I want you to schedule some time to reflect on your connections, double down on them, be more intentional with them because the breakthroughs make things so fulfilling and so worth it. Sherry, thank you so much for joining me. Our conversation inspired me. I am better at what I do because I had this conversation with you. It was so timely. Thank you for sharing this with 50,000 listeners around the world. Thank you, Sherry, for being willing to listen to share. And to our listeners, take my advice and connect with Sherry. Reach out to her with your questions and follow her journey because it's a good one. And if you're lucky, you should try to hire her. You'll be glad you did. She will bring things to your company that will be difference makers. We've got links in our show notes to make it easy for you to connect with Sherry and ask any questions you want to ask. And trust me, you'll be glad to be connected with her. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The greatest compliment you can give is to share the show with those you work with. Introduce them to the Sales Leadership Podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes, please. And you can support the show by checking out Sales Leadership United. Head to Patreon, check it out. You'll be glad you did. Thank you for the support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Our job as sales leaders is to create life-changing years for the people we lead. And if you like this message, please share it with someone who needs to hear it. So let's get after it this week. Let's connect a little better because life is short and we got no guarantee of what comes tomorrow. Maximize what you do today. Be elite, live strong and chase your passions and do your best work so you can live your best life. And don't ever forget, you got this and I got you. Have a terrific week. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.